Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I'm one of the three tri hosts, Chris Garden of Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me is Andy Yanez from the Community Impact newspaper in Paw Slamma Jamma. And a newbie, we're trying to bring her onto the show. Technical difficulties, I guess. She's got the gremlins, Andy, that we had when we first started doing this stuff. Yeah. But uh, Jayla Mason is in the studio. We're going to try to bring her in with just audio only and see if that works. How's that, Jayla? See, okay. not even, yeah, not even the audio is working right now. So we're just going to, and I hate it because I, I really wanted to have her insight uh, on the show because she works at the Daily Cougar. While, uh, and that's a heads up for everyone tuning in. Willie Gibson is on Twitter. Is um, covering the Browns, the Cleveland Browns game. And uh, Andy, who's quarterbacking for the Browns? Hey, third, the, that third ward UH alum uh, quarterback, Case Keenum. Correct. Case Keenum is quarterbacking for the Browns. Becker Mayfield is out with an injury. So I asked Will. I look forward to him having copious amounts of Case Keenum. Case Keenum content for next week's show. So we'll see if he comes through with that. Going to try one more time with Jayla. How about that? Can you hear us now? That's a bummer. It really is a bummer. We'll keep trying it. She's just going to try to give us a few insights because she has mother obligations to, to take care of this evening. So if she can't make it this, she, this Sunday, Thursday, we'll just do it again in the future. Yeah, I was going to say, if she's trying it with a computer, maybe she should try it off her phone. Well, let's try that, you know. Jayla, how about that? Yeah, can you guys hear me? We hear yeah. you. Yeah, yes, we hear I you. Have phone. <laughs> okay, are you on your phone? Yes, I am. <laughs> See, Andy is smart again. The youngsters are, are going <laughs> to carry me through. You know, me and my old brain, sometimes this doesn't adjust to uh, these new technologies. Jayla, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing okay. Thank you for taking these few minutes to join us and just for those who don't know tell us about yourself and let's get to start it that way yeah so i'm currently a senior at the university of houston and i'm a writer for the cougar the sports section um andy was the editor a year ago so that's where mm -hmm. i know him from and then i'm also in coog tv which is like the school's tv station and i'm a sports reporter there as well and let me see i'm trying to get this right on Twitter, you are Mason Jayla, right? Yes. All right, so let me just add that to the list here. Okay, we don't have a lot of time with you this <laughs> evening. This is just the, the start of the future of, of Post Talking Sports branching out. So uh, let's talk, Andy, Jayla, some U of H basketball, football, whatever y'all want to talk about, U of H sports related, let's go from there. Jayla, you first. Yeah, so I'm excited, obviously, about basketball season starting up just like everyone. And with our preseason ranking coming out, uh, we're coming in at number 15, and I'm excited about that as well. Um, I feel like a lot of people may think it's a little too high for what we've lost, but I feel pretty confident in the culture that's been built in our transfers and who we still have there as well. <laughs> Andy, what do you say about that? 
Uh, uh, it's it's interesting that she said fifteen was too high. Whenever uh, I um, I could see that. To be honest, I thought fifteen might be a little low, just in terms of what when you look at the other you know final four teams. Houston's fifteen, and you have Baylor. I believe Baylor's like at eight. UCLA's at the top at two, I believe, and then Gonzaga was first. Um, so Houston kind of got got really brought down in terms <laughs> of um, final four teams. But yeah, like you said, with with what they're losing and and really the four key players and Dejan Jarreau, Quint Grimes, Justin Gorham, and um, or I guess those three key main players. But then um, just with the roster turning over and and whatnot, I could see them why why they've fallen. But I think that. The thing that caught me in, I argue maybe it's too low, is just, again, going back to Memphis, they're ahead of Houston. And I know they got a good recruiting class, but year in and year out, Memphis is always high, and they just haven't been able to put it together. I would I would say I would say voters should give Kelvin Sampson the nod, but I, I don't know. That's just me. Well, I think Memphis was picked 12th preseason, right? Uh, you of age yeah. 15. This is the, the AP poll, I think. So yeah. this is the writers. And that's fine. I mean, because... All three of us know that in the AAC coaches poll, U of H was picked first, Memphis was picked second. <laughs> so perhaps the coaches know more than the writers, and I think coaches would would say that they do anyway. You know, I've heard that for years covering sports that we know more than y'all. So what do y'all know anyway? But I don't care one way or the other. 15, 12, 10, 5, 1 to borrow from Coach Ron Huey. The U.S. women's basketball coach. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. So, mm-hmm. national poll fifteen for the Cougs. You know, if they finish number one at the end of the season, that means they won the championship. So <laughs> that's that's really mm-hmm. all I care about. The focus right there is that. But whatever, fifteen twelve is good for conversation, and we're talking about it. So, mission accomplished there. Taylor, your thoughts on U of H football being 5-1. Are you surprised? Honestly, I am surprised <laughs> just because I didn't know if we had gained enough or if enough had changed from last year. I know there were COVID issues, but there were with every other team. So I am pretty, I'm pretty impressed with how we're doing, not going to lie, um, especially with the way that the season started, that loss to Texas Tech. I just I didn't really know. Um, so I feel confident uh, going forward in conference right now. And the next game is East Carolina. But let's pause for a moment because I forgot I failed to give Mr. Yanez some grief about oh, his predictions, oh no. his, his guarantees <laughs> from last Thursday's show where Mr. Yanez – remind folks, Mr. Yanez, of your, your, your guarantees at that time last week, sir. Uh, I mean, okay, so it started off good. I said that the Astros would go heading into Boston with a 2-0 series lead. Yes. They won, they won game one, so I was feeling confident. And then they got completely crushed in game two. <laughs> and um, so that, that uh, right off the bat, that got crossed down. Then we went into Sunday where I said that the Texans would cover the spread against the Colts. I believe it was like around a 10-point spread. Right. And... I think I might have even picked them out, right? Just in you did, of, yes, you did, sir. You didn't. Don't think you did. Yes, coming, <laughs> coming off the performance that they had put together against the New England Patriots, Davis Mills came off what was his best 
you know, game as a pro, obviously as a rookie, and it completely backfired. They looked back like how they did whenever they competed with the Buffalo Bills, completely lopsided, unable to put together uh, consecutive drives and really couldn't really have any takeaways uh, from them. So they ended up losing. I can't even remember the final score. I know it was more than 10, and it was <laughs> not even as close as whatever the final score 31 was. 31-3, sir. 31-3, <laughs> I believe, was the final score. Exactly. That that one field goal drive of offense just was not going to cut it. And then, uh, um, yeah, so I was 0 for, 0 for 3 on those predictions. Um, but, but you know what? The, the Astros turned it around, so so we'll, we'll stick with that, even though they, they didn't go to Boston with a 2-0 series lead. And I'm going to give you the floor. You got the platform, Andy. Oh, so don't don't uh, don't forget this. I'm going to give you some time to discuss even further if you want to the Houston Astros. Ooh, man, I wish we could have uh, James on this segment because I'm I'm sure he'd be thrilled with uh, taking time today to to speak Astros. I mean, you know what? <laughs> I mean, when you when you talk about the Astros. If we're if we're gonna do a basketball comparison, and it, it's not apples to apples, but you you might be able to compare them to the the Golden State Warriors in their their era, uh, just literally the last five years when they were you know constantly battling for championships. Obviously, the Astros have only won one World Series in that span, and you have you have under a lot of asterisks around it. Whether they how how big of an impact the cheating scandal had to do with that. And overall, they've only made it to two World Series appearances on the verge of making their third in, I believe, five years. Um, but I think you saw that with just the way that they lost those game two, game three, really lopsided. We're talking about the Texans. Game two and game three of that AOCS was a completely lopsided, you know, dominant offensive performance by the Boston Red Sox. Uh, really, Houston had not been able to get anything from their starting pitchers. And then they go into a must win game four with Zach Greinke, who has had issues with, you know, whether it be his arm or really he has not been able to provide uh, long stretches or pitch any more than two or three innings at most since I believe it was like whether I can't remember specifically if it was early September or late August, but they, they give him the start. He only goes, you know, just over an inning. He doesn't even complete two full innings. They turn the ball to their bullpen and really the the kind of the star of the show is Christian Javier for the Astros who went about three innings during the middle of the game they held that Boston Red Sox offense to about uh to two runs I believe it was two to one for most of that game and then in the eighth inning or actually no at the top of the ninth inning they just completely turned it around when they put together a seven uh they put up seven runs at the top of the ninth inning and really blew open open that game and then they carried it over to game five um similar thing where it, it was 1-0 for a majority of the game and then they turned it on late and now they're in a really good position to close it out they get two chances to close it out at home which um like i said they're on the verge of getting to their third world series in the past five years bravo andy for most of that i was like yeah that sounds about right <laughs> i think he's right you know um Jayla, if you you know haven't seen any of our previous folks talking sports shows, I couldn't care less about baseball. You know, if it disappeared <laughs> tomorrow, it'd be fine with me. But uh, but I'm going to you know give the floor to Andy, and hopefully James can join us again next week. And you be sure and let James know, Andy, mm -hmm. about your segment discussing the Houston Astros. You know, if you, 
If you want to do a little uh, snippet post on Twitter later, post that clip, that segment of your discussing the Houston Astros so people know, wow, Chris allowed baseball on, on Folk Talk of Sports. <laughs> yes, 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 I did. I don't mind other people talking about baseball. I just don't want to talk baseball. That's all I'm saying. But for both of you, Astros, Red Sox, game six, Friday, the juice box, seven o'clock, Rockets, OKC, Friday, seven o'clock, Toyota Center. Where do you think the fans' interest will be? <laughs> As if I don't know. We got video. Oh, can you hear us? I can hear you, yes. <laughs> okay, well, whatever you did, it worked. So, okay, Jayla, you first. Who do you think the fans will pay attention to more? Astros Red Sox or Rockets OKC? Man, this is hard. Uh, I'm inclined to say um, Astros, the Astros game. Um, but I don't know. I'm really excited. I mean, I'm personally going to watch the Rockets game. See, so. Aunt, see, Andy, that's why she's part of the show now. Because she <laughs> likes basketball more than baseball. See, there we go. I knew I was smart for bringing her on the show. There we go right there. <laughs> Thank you, Jayla. There is a lot of excitement, for me at least, about this new Rockets team. So it's going to be interesting to see where the attention is more. Andy, I, what are you going to say? Go ahead. No, I mean, for sure, the bulk of there's, – there's Houston sports fans that will be watching – the Astros and the Red Sox now. Of course, there's the diehard Rocket fans that are going to be watching uh, the Houston OKC opener. And honestly, a, a good bulk of those diehard Rocket fans will be at the Toyota Center game anyways. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say probably 70% of Houston will be watching the Astros-Red Sox game. I mean, for the diehard Rocket fans, it might be their best shot at a win for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm just being honest about that. According to my predictions, Andy was a little bit I'm more optimistic. Behind. You know, oh, that's right. You picked him to beat Minnesota, didn't you? Yeah, that was completely lopsided. So, did, did you watch any of the game? I did. I did get uh, good portions. I watched more of the second half than the first half. By the time I had tuned in, they were already down uh, 20 points. But oh, uh, a couple of snippets there. I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on just what you saw overall from. What I what I took away is obviously the, I guess if we want to start with high, it's got to be Shangun with the flashes he showed. I mean, man, his playmaking he he's not afraid to try some a couple of crazy type of passes. I think that that's gonna be interesting to watch him develop. I think uh, I see when you talk about Jalen Green, who's the number two pick, he had a bit of a uh, I don't know if you can say a letdown for his debut, but I mean I think I saw a couple of snippets post game where he talked about how how physical the Minnesota Timberwolves were in, in defending him. And uh, it's still an adjusting, adjustment period for him. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts from it, Chris. Well, I got post-game. Post-game is from Jalen Green, Coach Silas, and all 43 seconds of Christian Woods' post-game press conference. Yes, wow. 43 seconds is available on my YouTube channel at Houston Round Ball Review. He answered two questions. And that was it. Jalen talked about four or five minutes, but Jalen and Kevin Porter Jr. both did not shoot the ball well. I think Jalen was about four for 14 from the floor, but he did not have any turnovers. So that's a step in the right direction. That's good. 
But yes, he talked about the physicality of it. And he, he said that a few times now when he has spoken to media post game against the Raptors, the Heat teams are trying to be physical with him. And, and he's, you know, said a couple of times now, I'm 19 years old. This is a grown man's league. You know, my time will come. I understand how it is right now. But Jayla, what are your thoughts on the Rockets youth? Do you think they should discontinue with the youth plan or sprinkle in more veterans to maybe help them win more games this season? Yeah, so I think it's important to keep the core young, but it would be very helpful, obviously, to add those veterans. Just, uh, I'm not too worried after this loss, honestly. Um, yeah, the, the it was their first minute, a lot of people's first minutes um, in the, the actual season in the league. So I just, I don't know, I'm a little bit optimistic, but I think some veterans would help. I like the, the youth, though. I like it. Okay, 82-game season, Jayla. How many wins out of 82 would you predict for the Rockets? <laughs> um, no pressure. <laughs> I, okay. Uh, I honestly, I don't think they're going to win too, too much. I want to say at least half. To 50 to 60. Oh, come on, Jayla. Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Come on. Now, see. 50 games. No way. 50%? No, 41 and 41. I said, if you need. That's way too high. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Andy said 31. I was was optimistic, and I was 31 when when we looked at the the schedule rundown. And I said 21. I want to give them, okay, yeah, 30, 40. I I, want to keep 30 to 40. Okay, you need to you need, need to be part of my Rockets talk on YouTube with the Rockets fans because they'll love you. They'll love your optimism completely. I mean, they'll just they want you to be regular on the show, <laughs> you know. So because the the most that I think Rocket fans have said during the the live streams thirty three for sure. That's been a constant. You may well that may have been a couple fans. They're really diehard fans who really believe the Rockets will get into the play-in part of it. So hmm. they are leaning more toward, with you, 30 to 40, and I just don't see it. But uh, let's just talk about this. We're going to toss it out there. Andy sent me the tweet. Daryl Morey was on radio station in Philadelphia. I don't know the name of the, ho- of the host, so my apologies there. Um, basically, Daryl said to... Ben Simmons, people, Ben Simmons fans, buckle up. It's going to be a long ride. He's not in any hurry to trade Ben Simmons. This is after Ben Simmons pulled, and he wasn't a stunt. Do you think Ben showed up to practice with the phone in his warm-up pants, getting kicked out of practice? Is it all a stunt, or is Ben mentally not ready to deal with the Sixers yet? Uh. Do you want me to go first? Yes, Andy. Yes, why? Yes, oh, sir. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch. Um, real quickly, you said uh, Darren Warrior was on a radio station. It was nine seven five. The fanatic. I don't know. It's nine seven five or nine nine. What? However they call it, but it's nine seven five. The fanatic in Philadelphia. And like you mentioned, he's he's ready to drag it out. He said it could potentially last all four years of Ben Simmons's contract while they're in the middle of Embiid's prime, which. Which was an in- interesting statement. And uh, regarding your question about you, know, do I think that Ben Simmons is staging 
all this behavior to try to force a trade. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, today I think there was a report where he showed up. He complained about uh, having back tightness. Philadelphia 76ers staff took a look at him. They cleared him to do the workout that he was supposed to do, and he, he didn't do it. And apparently, I think I saw another report. I think credit to Adrian Wojnarowski and, and Shams, who've been real on top of it. But, you know, he's supposed to come to the facility on Friday during tomorrow for Philadelphia. And similar thing, I'd imagine, to participate. And I think they have um, – Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they probably have a they have a game. Tomorrow. They have a game tomorrow. Yes, but I read I can't remember who it was, but they they scheduled to have Ben Simmons go into the facility for I don't know if it's for a workout or if it's for something. And I I believe they said that his status for for tomorrow's game, which I I have a hard time finding him playing in that game if they after with everything that's happened. But um, yeah, it, it certainly seems like a lot of tur- turmoil. And there's not really much you can compare to. Usually when a player wants out, I mean, even if you go back to last season with the way James Harden staged it, I mean, you never, once he showed up and kind of made it clear when he had that, uh, the press conference with reporters where, well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think when he said that it, they just weren't good enough. Was, weren't good enough, yes. Was at following the, the one of the Laker games um, when they get, had gotten shellac. But even then, prior to that, he had shown up. He had you talked to reporters. You didn't see anything like this where him staging or not participating in any, you know, activities. And he actually played in the games. Now there were points during the game where you could tell, especially on defensive, you know, they would question if he was trying his best. But uh, you can't compare it to this level. Ben Simmons has taken it to a whole different stratosphere in my opinion and i mean at the end of the day his goal is to get traded and certainly seems like he's he's hell-bent on trying to figure out a way to force philadelphia to send him somewhere else jayla what do you think about ben simmons situation do you think he's does he have back issues or is he going to have a hamstring issue you know that's hard to prove hamstrings are hard to prove you know so what do you think this is headed jayla yeah, I think he's just over it. Um, like Andy said, he's ready to go. Um, it looks like he may be tired of the offense or the team being catered to Joel. I don't know if he wants to go somewhere else where he can sh- shoot more maybe. I don't know. Um, I think he's – I don't know if there's any back pain, any future hamstring pain. I think he's just ready to go. He is. And Andy, Jayla, I, I think, you know, Daryl Moore can say what he wants to say publicly – you know, this could go on four years. That's posturing. At some point, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, the players on the team are going to go to Daryl Doc. Look, we don't want him here. He doesn't want to be here. Y'all get whatever you can for him. Get his behind out of here. Y'all are making this harder on us, but y'all ain't playing. So, Let's move on. It's clear. He doesn't want to be here. We don't want him here. Y'all are trying to convince him, you know, believe in some miracle hope that Ben is going to see the light and all of a sudden have an epiphany. You know, maybe y'all, it's not so bad. Yeah, I, I think I am going to stay in Philadelphia. You know, forgive everything I said in the past few weeks. I didn't really mean it. Doc, what you said about me back in the playoffs, you, I know you didn't mean it. I forgive you. You know, come on. That's not going to happen. 
So Daryl Moyer is trying to save face. Ben Simmons, yes, he's going to lose money. Okay. Ben Simmons already made enough money. He can wait. It's a lot of money to us because, you know, I haven't made it. I may not make, make the money in my lifetime. <laughs> Y'all young enough to maybe get to that level. And I hope you do. But come December, when more people are available uh, via trade, I think Daryl Moore is, hmm, his, his, his tune may change. Well, you know, after consideration, uh, we just realize it's best for both, both parties going forward that uh, we agreed to trade Ben to Team X and we welcome the players we got in return and to help us in our quest to win a championship. It'd be just like Daryl wants us to forget what he said, you know, about it'll be a quick four years come December or January. We're local, Houston Round Bar Review. There was some big news involving what, what should we call rice as we are three products of the University of Houston. Um, I mean, I guess they're rivals. I mean, I guess, you know, whatever. Um, but they have been invited to the American Athletic Conference officially. Andy, Jayla. Um, Andy, I know where you, stand, where you stand on this. Jayla, I want to get your thoughts on Commissioner Mike Oresco's Power Six mantra dream hope desire wish that he's still he's he's clinging to it that the conference is power six and darn it if y'all don't y'all as in everybody else y'all don't want to say we're power six well i'm going to say it until y'all believe it <laughs> what do you say about all that i don't know i don't vote i don't believe it um i was i was surprised to hear it um I don't know. I think it's exciting for women's basketball <laughs> and volleyball, but uh, when it comes to rice, but I don't know. I'm not bought in to the whole power six. Do you know, Andy, Dana, do y'all know anybody personally who was bought into the power six? <laughs> nope. <clears throat> nope. You know, all the time U of H, I mean, well, I mean, they still are part of the American for two more years, unfortunately, which was just one. But, I mean, even covering U of H, I haven't really heard anybody at U of H. P6, baby. Power six. Correct right. me if I'm wrong. Have you heard that from anybody at U of H? No, no. And, I mean, the goal has always been to get to, to one of those true power five schools. And going back to that comment where – and, and Chris, I always forget who said it, but they said it's clear that, you know, the American Microesco likes to brand that conference as Power Six, but not only is everyone else not buying it, but the school members themselves aren't buying it. That's the reason UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are on their way out. That was uh, Craig Thompson, commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. And a few minutes early, but he's joining us from The Roost. Matthew, give me a thumbs up if, if you can hear me. Can you hear me? Give me a thumbs up. All right. So we're going to go to him now. And for my, my Rocket fans tuning in on, on via YouTube, come back to the channel Saturday for our Rockets talk because we're going to talk commentary alignment, 
a lot these next few minutes. And some of y'all may be like, oh man, Chris, why are you doing that? Well, it's part of folks talking sports. We're gonna just cover the, the gamut of sports and not just Rockets. So bringing in Matthew Bartlett and Jayla, I know you said you wanted to, to leave. You say bye, you ready to say bye. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for figuring out whatever glitches were <laughs> affecting you. But thank you for joining us and we look forward to have you on again, but stick around as long as you can, okay? okay. Without further ado, from the roost, Matthew Bartlett, how are you, my man? Hey, Chris, uh, I'm good. I'm ready for a break. It's been a busy week. Man, you, okay, that's a, a great starting point. And first, do you know Andy Yanez or Jayla Mason? Have y'all met at all in covering local matchups between Rice and U of H? I don't, I don't think, think yet, so. but yeah. good to meet y'all. For sure. <laughs> so we're all connected via Twitter. So with the news of today, I reached out to Matthew and, and see if he could last minute really see if he could join us on the show tonight and he agreed and so let's get into it okay when did you and let me say this andy i hope you remember last week during the show that i mentioned during the show about rice being in the aac do you remember that yeah. i didn't understand that I look at my my phone is talking to me how about that, Isn't that something? I don't know. like i said a magic word i don't, I don't know my phone remembered, Andy. My phone, your, my phone heard it. I don't think your phone does. But you don't remember I said that Rice in the AAC, and if they don't get invited to the AAC, I'm not sure where, where they're going to go. Yeah, you did mention it. Okay, that's we could go. See, you don't need Rick McMurphy. You don't need Pete Thamel and all these other people, these national folks. I do it right here locally sometimes. You know, I know a little bit. But Matthew, seriously. Describe it, man, these last few days. When did you get a sense this was going to happen? Rise to the AAC. So it's one of those things that obviously the uh, there, there's been scuttle about uh, Rice and uh, a lot of teams trying to move. Basically, everybody in Conference USA wanted out, right? And that's been the case uh, since that domino rolled with uh, Texas and Oklahoma. It was pretty evident that something was going to happen down the line. So uh, it's probably when, – when did that happen? Was like early July? Mid-July, yep. something Mid -July. like that. Mid-July. So at that point, that was kind of the first indicator that, that something was probably going on afoot. Uh, I first caught wind that, uh, you know, this was probably going to be reality, probably close to over the weekend. Um, and so at that point, it was okay. And then uh, as uh, at once once the the Thamel tweet got out and news uh, started to solidify, I kept hearing from, from a, a couple different folks that we were uh, getting closer and closer to having everything signed and official. But – yeah, once that once word broke on Monday, uh, had a, a pretty reliable folks that telling me that this was a this was not smoke. This was going to go down. What do you think? How does it benefit Rice, in your opinion? Does it benefit Rice first? I mean, it's a slam dunk. If if nothing else, you're quadrupling the the money uh, aspect of of what you can do and invest in your program. Right, the the, the conference USA payout was was pittance and and now you're you're getting at least two million dollars a year with you know the hope that that can get renegotiated and 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 go upward so that that's a win uh second is just from a geographic perspective if you look at uh i don't think uh, divisions have officially been released but outside of navy uh who's probably going to be in rice's division on the west uh, everybody else is within i think tulsa will be the farthest team away um and that's like 
an hour in 10 minute flight maybe so that's a lot easier than uh flying out to uh you know norfolk or, or el paso or any of those so it makes a lot of sense regionally it makes a lot of sense financially um pretty much the best case scenario uh, for rice have you got a sense what's the mood among rice alums are they well this renew interest and you know bringing the fans back to some of the to the games at rice i, I think it has to help to some degree i think the there's been a large portion of the fan base that is kind of fed up with conference usa uh, the tv deal for for one a lot of these fans rice has a pretty diverse uh, alumni base a lot of these fans just don't live in houston and so going to the games on a weekly base basis is, is kind of tough so being a uh, uh, being on a even on ESPN Plus uh, weekly and getting some of the uh, the TV deals through basketball with CBS that that'll happen are going to be huge and, and nobody wants to try and find games on Facebook and that's kind of where things have been it hadn't been quite that bad all the time but uh, visibility is going to be huge and then playing uh, more prominent and more interesting teams like people are going to go see Rice play SMU like when basketball comes around Rice Rice and Wichita State. That's going to be a fun game. Uh, I mean, no offense to FIU, or but like, there's a lot of teams that Rice is crossing over with that uh, there just wasn't a lot of fan interest in. If, if you're a fan, you're a fan, man. That's all right. We don't. We're not. We're not. We're not shy on, on folks talking sports. But that's reality. A lot of the problems in college sports, especially on the G5, the lower level, is teams in conferences. Fans just don't want to see. There aren't rivalries to you know spark the interest for fans of their school. You know, for the most part, the rivalries just aren't there. So that hurts attendance. That hurts interest. It and at some point, well, money stops I, I think going you're in. You're right because the the biggest critique I've really had with Conference USA, like the, yeah, the media deal, everyone's going to bring that up, but there's there's not enough hate. Like people didn't mm -hmm. want. There was not enough anger of like, man, I hope we really beat Team X because I want them to lose. Like you want your team to win always. But when you're playing a game and you want the other team to lose, like that just adds a little bit more interest and motivation. And like people are going to be excited when you bring back a, a bunch of the Southwest Conference rivalries and, and a bunch of older like the connection connection Rice has to, to Navy and the military academies like that's just going to naturally be more interesting. Like Middle Tennessee. No. Western Kentucky. No, Louisiana Tech. No, that's reality, you know. And my the commissioner of Conference USA, Judy. I thought her last name was McLeod, but I heard today it was like McLeod. I've heard every every pronunciation. Yeah, and I was and like McLeod, McLeod. I, I mean, I already I think the letter that went public to Michael Resco about basically an alliance, you know, was a final straw, I think, for the current member of schools of Carmen to say, she lost her mind. <laughs> so, so it wasn't. I mean, if, if you read the letter, it wasn't a bad idea. It makes a lot of sense. It does. And Michael Resco said, yeah, that's, that's a lot of sense. We'll just take all the teams we want and keep the money too. And that's kind of how that went. And, in your opinion, and Andy, Jayla as well, what happens to Conference USA? 
Is the conference dead? You know, they're going to be raided by the Sun Belt. What do you think is going to happen to Conference USA? Or do you care anymore? <laughs> what do you say, Matthew? Do you care? What do you, do you care anymore? We've got two years. Do you care? Well, it's it's not going to die. I know that's like the like people thought the Big 12 was going to go die and it didn't. It went down to the next level. It gets, went to the AAC and, and grabbed a couple schools. The reality is the, the exit fees for Conference USA are right around three million dollars. Um, you got six schools leaving that there's been talk about Marshall possibly leaving Southern Miss on the way out. That's a you're racking up twenty five million dollar nest egg for the, the school left. Um, and the schools that are there, like Conference USA, still has an auto bid uh, to the men's basketball tournament, uh, tournament, which like whether or not other folks outside of Conference USA care or not, like that matters. Uh, so it, their, schools are not just going to go independent just because there's only six of them. Uh, they'll go fine. I know James Madison uh, with the FCS has been talked about. They're not too far away from Old Dominion. Uh, they'll go grab somebody, uh, whether or not it's a New Mexico State, like. If they want to, they can go reach out to the the WAC, uh, the new WAC, Sam Houston. Like, there's enough programs. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be as robust as Conference USA was, or I guess is right now in 2021. But it's better to have a poor man's Conference USA uh, if you're UTEP or if you're FIU than to try and go the UMass route. Because I think we've seen the UMass route, and it's it's not pretty. Andy, what what are your thoughts on what Matthew just said? No, I found it interesting, honestly, especially with, with like you said, that they're, they're missing, they're losing six schools. But, um, you know, when, when you hear that, you, you'd imagine, like you said, you're going to have a lot of people saying that the conference is going to be dead. But, you know, I guess the way he explained it, it certainly makes a lot more sense for those remaining schools to want to stick together, especially like you mentioned with the, the automatic bid to the NCAA uh, tournament. That's something that'll be a, appealing and yeah i'm not exactly too aware of any tv deals that conference usa might have or anything like that but maybe that's something that could lure in uh like you mentioned some of the other whether it be an fcs school or some other lower levels um schools that are in different lower level conferences that could be something that attracts them but i I find i found that surprising and and matthew and and in case you don't know because jayla i want to get your thoughts on this as well you you mentioned it the deal for Compton State Schools is mere pittance. It's it's like what half a million dollars, right? Something like that. Ballpark. Yeah. Okay. Now think about that, Andy. Jayla. Half See, it was half a million dollars to each school. Okay. Mm. So Matthew makes a great point. The exit fees that they're going to get from the six schools leaving, heck, maybe even eight schools leaving. <laughs> you know, times three, three million. It's possibly $24 million. So the schools that stay, they'll make more money from the exit fees than they would get from Congress State's current deals. And they've been on Facebook. And they touted that proudly as a way. And was, this was football games, right, Matthew? Some of the football games were on Facebook. There are some football games, yep. I had a couple... Man, no. There was the NFL Network. They announced in 2019, they announced a five-year deal with the NFL Network that mysteriously disappeared after one year. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Everyone did. They, it just kind of got swept under the rug. So, Jalo, as a sports writer at the Daily Cougar, 
What are your thoughts on Rice, the American Athletic Conference, just the whole conference alignment issue? I think the AAC will be obviously not the same, but I think it's going to be fine. I, I think it's going to be okay. Um, Michael Resco loves you. <laughs> um, he was out there touting power six today. Yeah. Always. Always. It's not going to be the same, but there's still some, you know, Memphis is there. <laughs> for, now. Cool. <laughs> for, for, for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. For now. So I just want to say, yeah, for now. It's, I think it's, it, I don't want to be too pessimistic. <laughs> I think to add on to her point, like when you look at the conference USA schools that are going to be joining the American, like certainly for them, they see it as a big upgrade. And uh, when you look over the American and, Really, I'm talking about SMU and Memphis specifically. Those two schools probably, uh, I don't know. I feel like they they wouldn't be necessarily as excited as maybe some of the other schools in the American Athletic Conference. Like, essentially, it's kind of like a different perspective depending on where you are. Um, especially when you look at Memphis, I'm sure they're they're saying it as like oh, we're trying to figure out a new conference to jump to eventually. But okay, at it, some reports, Matthew, please chime in with this if you know more. Some reports are saying that the current, well, Memphis, SMU, the current school still in the AAC, will receive more TV money than the the new six that are joining the conference. What are your thoughts on that, Matthew? And how long will that last? I mean, how long will the everybody be happy about that well Oresco kind of purposely was very vague when it came to talking about numbers today uh, regarding those that the gist that i've kind of heard um is that it's going to be that reduced uh payout for the uh the cusa six uh, at least initially but i believe uh more than likely and you're going to see this with the big 12 and again it's going to be a trickle down with everything uh as conference membership changes uh, there's going to be some some negotiations going on with those contracts. Uh, the Big 12 contract obviously is not the same if Texas and Oklahoma are not playing in those games. It's going to be the same thing at the AAC if you're losing Houston, Cincinnati, UTF, uh, those those bigger brands. Um, so there's going to be uh, – Oresco seemed pretty confident that the, the numbers were going to be close to the same. I, I think the general consensus on that in the media uh, is a bit more pessimistic. He flat out said those reports were a lie uh, when talking with us earlier today. So uh, d believe who you want to believe. Uh, I think initially uh, the new schools are going to going to be receiving a little bit less. But like you said, uh, we said earlier, that's four times what they're getting right now. So I'm sure they would be up, love to be up to the six, seven million dollars a year that that everybody else is getting. But man, $2 million when you're broke sounds sounds pretty good. And, and these schools aren't broke, but uh, it's all relative, right? So I think sure. at some point down the line, I don't think this is going to turn into a, uh, you know, the old Big 12 where Texas gets uh, gets what they want and everybody else gets pennies. But uh, I do think we'll we'll probably start out maybe unequal and, and hopefully for Rice's sake as things progress, um, get closer to everybody panning out towards the same. See, see, that's time will tell because right. Memphis, SMU, I think the current deal, the payouts will 
increase to maybe seven million per for them. Well, I mean that that was the initial, the old right. deal before UConn left, and now Cincinnati, UCF, Houston leave. Michael Resco and Jayla Mason need to get together and talk about optimism. Because Mike Oresco is the most positive, well, apparently, Jayla's second now, most positive and optimistic person I know. Commissioner Oresco, he is firm. He's adamant that the TV money will be the same. It's not going to decrease. He's the only person who believes that, who said it. You know, I, I just, good, good luck to him. I mean, he is commissioner of the American but how can it not go down when you're losing three of your biggest TV market and fan bases? Okay, Mike Oresco, I, I mean, if he pulls it off, man, he's, he's a wizard. <laughs> I mean, he's making a bet, right? Like the bet when the AAC was formed out of, out of realignment chaos was these schools that were not uh, desired um, would kind of build up their brand with the AAC. And like UCF is a great example. Uh, UCF didn't exist as a brand uh, when they were initial members and, and joining in the AAC. And now uh, everybody knows who UCF is. You know, depending on who you are, they did or didn't win a national championship a couple years ago. Like, like that matters and that raises the status of the AAC. Uh, and that's kind of the bet that, that he did with these programs, right? You look at uh, UAB in Birmingham and UTSA in San Antonio, Rice in Houston. Uh, you know, it, it's a mix of programs that did enough financially to commit to say, hey, we're serious about this. Uh, UAB, UTSA, you've seen that on the field. Um, and the goal, he his, his wager is we can do it again. We can make UAB the next UCF. And if we do that, then the revenue is going to follow. Um, but like you mentioned, if he doesn't, then you have 12 of the current members of the uh, new 14 team, or, or I guess 15 team AAC uh, were Conference USA members at one point. So I, I haven't seen it on Twitter, but has anybody started referring to the the American as, what, what did I say, Conference USA 3.0? I've, I've seen 2.0. Uh, I guess 2.0 was really after the AAC rated the the uh, right. Conference USA the first time. I've seen 3.0. Uh, I've seen 2.5. I don't whatever number you want to throw on it. And it's and this is a football move. My main sport is, is basketball. So, you know, asking Coach Scott Perra, the men's coach, his thoughts, uh, and he was ironic. Matthew, I'm not sure if you were on the call back in the summer. I think mm -hmm. you were. And he hinted at then that more realignment was was forthcoming. He didn't think it was going to be this, but he, you know. So, I mean, it's amazing how your perspective changes depending on where you are. The the new additions to the American love the American. <clears throat> think it's the greatest thing. Uvates, Cincinnati, UCF, yeah. That's behind us now. That's beneath us. We love the Big Twelve. <laughs> you know? yeah. So Houston can't wait to jump for the to move to be made official. I mean, they're already branding it every chance they get. And, and I, I forgot. I think it was Chris Benini in in the with the Athletic. I didn't know this, but apparently the cheerleading squad for Cincinnati, um, in maybe a game two weeks ago, 
ran onto the field with a Big 12 flag. <laughs> and that did not go well <laughs> over with, with the AAC and Commissioner Resco did not attend whatever the game was after that at Cincinnati. So I wonder, and Matthew, I wonder if you have any thought on this, how quickly you'll see Rice Athletics start appearing without Carmen USA in their images, in their banners, in their backdrops. I think Rice has always been one that the, they don't rock the boat, right? Like they're not going to be the ones that are uh, <laughs> making – like outside of the mob, I wouldn't well, put true. it past yeah. the mob uh, to do something that's going to get them yelled at. But uh, the administration, the, the athletic program, I would be shocked. Uh, if you see them with the first people out with the AAC logos, uh, it, it just not kind of their style. So you, we'll see. You, I guess you eventually already has done that, <laughs> right? Andy yeah. Hayward? Well, I think yeah. I think all you have to do is look is who's in charge of both programs, and that kind of paints a picture of how they're going to handle the situation. So yeah, I, I mean, this is going to be interesting. Uh, I was from a basketball perspective. And let me ask you this, Matthew. Have you gotten a, a comment, quote, from Coach Edmonds yet on the women's side? No, I haven't heard yet. She, obviously, she wasn't on the call uh, earlier today. I think it's uh, it might might all be gravy to her. Uh, more exposure is nice, but I guess she's only been here for uh, a couple of months now uh, at this point. So uh, uh, for her, a conference game against Old Dominion is about the same as a conference game against, uh, you know, Navy or who, who have you. Like, <laughs> they're all new. Okay, it's time for guarantees. Oh, Matthew, uh, do the Owls play football game this weekend? Yeah, they do. Okay, hold that thought. Jayla, U of H plays East Carolina, correct? Yes. Correct. Andy, do you want? Do you feel confident in this one to put a guarantee on it? Andy? Houston ECU? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Because my question, Matthew, for you is going to be the opposite because I'm not sure it matters who Rice is playing, but you tell me if you're going to guarantee a Rice win or guarantee a Rice loss. We'll get to that in a second. Hold on. So, Andy, Jayla, pull up if you can. Uh, the the line, betting line for U of H, ECU. Andy, I know you got ways to figure that kind of stuff out real quickly, which kind of scares me because you know where to go real quick on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I literally just found the odds. Okay, so what what we got? Houston, Houston is favored by thirteen and a half points against East Carolina on Saturday. Okay, question to Andy and Jayla: Will Houston beat East Carolina by more than thirteen and a half points? Jayla, you can take it first. Um, okay, so based off of. I know we're coming off a bye, but if we continue this momentum, I want to say yes. Okay, you want to say yes, <laughs> but are you going? Are you saying yes? Yes, I would say yes. Okay, are you firm enough in that being a guarantee? Yeah, I'll guarantee you. You said about more than thirteen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Say it. I guarantee you. <laughs> That Houston will be East Carolina by more than 13. There we go. Guarantee. Hope I don't regret that. (laughs) Okay. Andy, do you second that? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I second. um, I I guarantee. Guarantee. ECU. um, 
I'll take the I, – I think Houston covers. I think I'll take the over that they beat them by, by more than two touchdowns or at least the two touchdowns. But um, coming off the file, I, from what I've seen in games past, DCU has put up – they've uh, been see, a lot more – Matthew, he's season. hedging already. He's hedging on his guarantee <laughs> already. Already. I'm not, I'm not hedging. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it's a much tougher game, but I still expect at the end of the day for Houston to – to at least finish with a two touchdown lead, although it might be like it might be similar to the two lane game where you know they struggled for about the first half and then were able to finally pull away in the third quarter. Okay, so are you changing it that or not? Is legit. Houston's defense. So, are you changing it? Is it still a guarantee? Andy, is it still a guarantee? No, 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 no. no uh, I'm sticking with my guarantee over, over 14. Guarantee. Guarantee. Okay. Cover. Win by Matthew, who, do, who does Rice play yeah, this week? Is. Rice got defending conference champion oh, well. UAB. <laughs> well, is that a guarantee? It's a loss? <laughs> do you want to put it out like that? Here's the thing. This is what I tell people. Rice has been, the past couple of years, consistency has not been their MO. Like, they're not a consistent program. Um, but they are a resilient program. The team that shows up next week, um, it just they put whatever happened last week behind them. They got uh, bushwhacked by a bad North Texas team last year on the road uh, and then went on the road the very next game uh, against undefeated number, number 15 in the country, Marshall, uh, that hadn't lost a game in that stadium in the history of their program and shut them out 20 to nothing. Uh, yeah, that was, it just that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that yeah was nobody saw it coming. And and that's kind of this been this team. Like, they just – if they get behind early, they just kind of have been put to sleep. But if they get out and throw the first punch, they've shown they can hang with people they have no business hanging with. They played Arkansas closer than uh, Texas A&M and Texas <laughs> through the first, like, three quarters. And, like, those are some good football programs. So, I don't know, man. It, it, it could be uh, just an absolute onslaught, or this could be a game where – we have the same thing with uh, national media tweeting out like, uh, wait, is UAB losing to Rice by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Like anything in between, I, I would not be shocked. Okay, so no guarantee on that one? No guarantees whatsoever, either way. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Wrap it up with you just in a few minutes. Quincy Oliveri was named uh, to, I don't, I don't know if this is new for this season, but Carmen USA did what they named like 10, 11 players for their preseason team, which I hate. They, they, they team did that with second. the football too. They just kind of nominated, I think every coach got to pick five guys and said, this is our all-conference honorees. I'm like, no, put it on put it on yeah. a roster, make people first and second. Yeah, but Quincy Oliveri he was named Carmen USA preseason team honoree. So good for him. And Matthew... Andy, Jayla, I strongly urge you all to be back on the show around November 11th or 13th because I do believe, what is it, the 12th where you have and Rice play? So I don't Basketball? Date, but I know, there's, I know there's a game. I think it's the 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Friday the 12th, November 12th. Let me check that real quick. Matthew, I'd like to have you on. Uh, let's see. I can make it on the Thursday. How about, let's see, what is that? Right. November 11th. Could you join us 
and preview that matchup between Rice and, and U of H men's basketball. Yeah, we should be able to make that work. I'll okay. Check, but, yeah, sounds good. And see, Matthew, see, now that you've accepted one time to be on the show, I'm going to try to bring you on a few more times to talk Rice Athletics. So sure. you're part of the family now, man. So welcome. And mm-hmm. how can – same with you, Jayla. You're part of the family now. So, Matthew, first with you, how can folks find you, get in touch with you on all those platforms and social media? Yeah, the website's The Roost. You can find it uh, at theroost.com. Uh, we're on all socials, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, the uh, same old, same olds. And then uh, uh, for those Owls fans out there who want the inside scoop, uh, especially with uh, injuries, practice notes, everything else going on, any late-breaking news, uh, conference affiliation changes, uh, we got a Patreon too. So we're there. We, we got everything covered for Rice Athletics. That's uh, football right now. Like you mentioned, it'll be – it's almost basketball season, so we'll be there next. But – at the roost, go find us everywhere. We're out there. Thanks very much, Matthew, for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Take care, man. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Awesome. This is what I'm talking about. There we go. And another young lady has been able to join us. Let's see if we can bring her up. She was doing some, well, let her discuss it, work. Same or nice. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm off the record, but I'm here. Okay, so you, you got taken care of what you need to take care of? Yes, very long day, but I'm sorry I'm late. I saw he did his exit. I must be really late. No, no, no. He, he couldn't stay the whole the whole time, so he was good to join us there. Jayla, do you know Tamer? I do. Yes, of course. <laughs> Excuse me. I have to ask for the for the audience. You know, the audience may not know that. Okay. Boy, I get women on, two women on here, man. Andy, we're in trouble, man. I mean, we're, we're out number two to two. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tamer? I'm here. What are your, or do you know, what are your thoughts on HBU women's basketball being picked second in the Southland Conference this season? Why wouldn't they be? I thought they had a pretty oh. solid. I thought they had a pretty solid team um, last season. So I'm, I'm sticking. I told you that um, off, off of the air, and I'm sticking with my decision. Okay. Well, I mean, they have Tamia Jefferson. Uh, she what she led the conference last season, and and um, was it was it points or stealing or something? I mean, Kennedy Wilson. He's the star of the team, if you ask me. They're all there still. And, uh, there's a couple people on there that can hoop. I'm not going to lie. And A&M Corpus Christi, although that's my alma mater, I just don't see it happening for, happening for them this, this season. And, of course, I'm going to mention that Tamer, it's official, right? I can make it public. Your new role with HBU? Yeah, we already talked about it on here before. So, yes, she'll be calling the, the women's basketball games. Correct? When does that start for you? Uh, first game is November 14th. So, super nervous and excited about that. Any Husky fans here, make sure y'all tune in. Um, go easy on me. It's my first time doing play-by-play. Not my first time, but, I mean, my first time doing play-by-play for basketball. And who who was that? opponent that HBU will be facing. 
on November 14th? Yes. Uh, you caught me off guard. If you would have asked me about the that's, Baylor that's game. That's what I do to you, apparently. I, I'm always here to throw you If you would have asked me about the Baylor game, I could have told you some information. That's the game I'm most excited about. Why? That's going to be a route. <clears throat> well, the first game for – I mean, yeah, it's going to be a blowout, but who doesn't love a, a tough non-conference schedule? First, first, first home game is against St. Thomas at Sharps Gym, but they play November 9th at TCU, so that should be an interesting matchup as well. And, and, and when's your first assignment, game assignment, play-by-play? November 14th, St. Thomas. Okay, so you'll be going against uh, a former Rice – Assistant coach, Coach Jay Cross. I think Coach Cross is still at St. Thomas, uh, coaching their team. See, I'm, I'm throwing names out. Y'all don't even know. I've been around a, a long time doing this stuff. So, Jay, are you trying to leave us? What, what are you trying to do with your your gadgetry? Yes, I'm getting calls now. I do have to hop off. Okay, that's no problem at all. Thank you very much. Real, real quickly, just let folks know how they can find you on social media. Yeah, so my Twitter is my name backwards. It's going to be Mason Jayla. It's Instagram and Facebook or just Jayla Mason. Thank you very much. And like I said moments ago, you're part of the family now. So we look forward to having you, thank you so much. on future Folks Talking Sports. Take care. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, All right. Did I miss the conversation about Ben Simmons? Uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah. You you was it a good one? To share. It's folks talking sports, Tamer. Of course it was a good one. Yes. Andy, what are, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Chris asked if we if we felt like everything that Ben Simmons was doing was intentional, trying to force his way out of Philadelphia in terms of, you know, coming into practice with, I know it was reported where it looked like he had a phone in his pocket and sweats, and then even today where he said that he had a back tightness and he had the Philadelphia staff check on him. They cleared him to do a workout. He didn't do it. And now he's set to meet with the Philadelphia organization on Friday, right before they have their second game of the season, which in all likelihood, he won't play for that game either. So uh, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like he's trying to force his way. And honestly, he's at a point where he's willing to do almost anything to, to get out of Philadelphia. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it said that – I know you mentioned that he showed up and got cleared to play today, well, practice. But I, I read that uh, there was no practice today for for Philadelphia. So Right. Um, no, for, for, for Philadelphia, they didn't have a team practice. It was for right. Ben Simmons individually who had to do a workout um, since he didn't get to play in the first game. I, I believe he didn't even travel with the team. I, yeah, I think he's definitely trying to do whatever it takes to get out of there. Do you agree with that? Do you think I you mean, do I that? don't like the I don't I think it puts a bad taste in other people's mouth about, you know, the way he's handling the situation, but at the same time, you know, you have to look at it from everybody's point of view and maybe he's just really unhappy or uncomfortable there. Um if it was I, I would, you know, show up be on time, but I would also make it known that hey, I want out. I don't want to be here. Let's let's make arrangements. But you got to show up and work. He's been fined so much money. Um, and eventually that money's going to add up. And I don't know about him, but <laughs> I'm about my coin. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I agree to a point with you. 
Um, both sides are at fault here. Uh, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid tossed Ben under the bus after the playoff disaster, which, you know, Ben needs to own and accept the fact that he made, he had problems. He did not play well. He hurt the team with his performance, not shooting, foul line, fiasco. He was so afraid to go to the line. He did not want to attack the basket and get fouled to go there. But this is going to be messy for a while. I think he's going to still be dealt in December or January because I think Daryl Morey, Tamer, this is my thought on this. I think the players will eventually go to Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, who's still there, although we're supposed to forget about that, but go to them and say, we want him gone. He doesn't want to be here. We don't want him here. Trade is behind now. What are your thoughts on what, – will it take the players to go to Dal Moore to force a trade? Well, yeah, because I think I saw an interview where Joel Embiid said that, you know, he was worried about focusing on the team and the, that building that chemistry amongst them so they could win. So I feel like if, you know, Simmons is showing up and bringing the energy down or bringing all of this negativity to the team, of course they don't want that around. The, the whole point of being on the team is, you know, everybody wants to win. And if, if Ben doesn't want to win with the Philadelphia 76ers, then, hey, get him out of here. That, that's my thing on it. I just I, I think it's inevitable. Daryl Morey is just trying. He's clinging to some some pipe dream. He wants Dame Lillard. He wants Dame. And, Go ahead. and I mean, I mean, Simmons didn't really produce in the playoffs either. So I think for for him to, you know, act in an arrogant way is 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 it's not it's not pleasing to the eye considering you know there is some things that he could work on and he's just walk, he's acting as if he's the not, not he is the prize of the entire 76ers team and i don't think that's the case agreed i think that's where we are um uh, real quick on some things one more thing Kyrie oh, Irving what are we thinking He's being selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's he, he's being selfish. Andy, that's, would you say selfish or? Andy? Uh, well, for sure. He's certainly looking, and you could describe it in a way in terms of him being selfish. I, I think I might be buffering a little bit, by the way. Yep, you are, but just keep on talking, man. Yep. I am, <clears throat> am I buffering? Did Tamer? Tamer just Tamer left. I, I guess this is a, this is a sign that maybe it's time to shut it down. But go ahead, finish your thought. <laughs> yeah, for a second I thought I, that it was just so buffering that it made people leave. Um, yeah, she said, "Do I think that Kyrie Irving is being selfish?" And I, in a way, essentially, yeah, he is because he's looking out for whatever his the way he phrased it. It's not necessarily that he's anti-vax, but he's trying to make a point in terms of. You know, not trying to the way he phrased it, where he's having some moral battle where people are, you know, taking away people's this chance to. He have wants a to be the voice matter. for the voiceless. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is a, an interesting way to put it, and certainly some people could could phrase it as a certainly an arrogant way to to at least the way he phrased it, where he's, you know, he's so um, in a position where he can be. The voice of the voiceless for those that are being, uh, I guess, 
not even taking advantage of, but just not being given a choice or what, he, what the way he describes it. But so you could say it's selfish in that way. And certainly when you look at it from the Brooklyn Nets perspective, he's certainly not putting any championship aspirations or anything like that ahead of his own uh, viewpoint, whatever that exactly that is. Um, but I, I think the way the Brooklyn Nets handled it, honestly, it's a lot better than whatever Philadelphia's doing where, you know, they said, you know what, um, this isn't something that we can control. It's a New York law that if, if he's not vaccinated, he's not going to be able to play for the season. So until he gets vaccinated, I mean, he's not going to be a part of the team and then they're not going to try to accommodate. And there was a lot of talk before the actual regular season started where, you know what, maybe maybe um, we'll be able to accommodate and have him just play in road games, which would be ridiculous because you can't go. It's an 82-game season. You can't have him play for 41 games and have try to build a, a winning team or anything. Like, have the ultimate goal of winning a championship with having one of your players not even being available for half of your games. And you'd imagine that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be one of those top teams that have, you know, home court advantage into the playoffs. And if he's not available for four games each series, I mean, what are you doing? So right. I feel like the Brooklyn Nets did a the way they handled it. It's the way, honestly, Philadelphia should try doing it where, you know what, we get it. You don't want to be a part of the team until we can find a trade partner. I mean, don't make it a circus. And that that's kind of what the way Ben Simmons has done it. Certainly, I mean, this week with just everything that's happened. And that's my two cents on it. Yep, and we're going to answer these rocket questions in just a second. My thing about Kyrie and his voice for the voices claim is he could do that and be vaccinated. Because of where he plays in New York, it's New York law, mandate, whatever, that you cannot participate unless you're vaccinated. So he knows that. There's, there's nothing stopping him except him. He could be vaccinated, get the shot. And then every day, go to Instagram on his Instagram Live, IG Live, media, press conferences, whatever. Every day, explain, I got vaccinated, but I'm still going to talk about the people losing their jobs because of the mandates. He could do that every day. Well, he will be, that will be kind of contradicting because. No, no, no. He said he wanted to be the voice for the voiceless. Yeah, but how would he be the voice for the voiceless if he goes and get the vaccine? So then now he's a part of. The okay, majority. well then he's not being then he then he then he's not anti-vax. Then he said he's not anti-vax. I mean, I just think it's more so at this point. Um, is the vaccine really that crucial to you that you'll jeopardize your career? I mean, I feel like so far it is like for him. Yeah, and I feel like you know honestly he's probably feel like he's played long enough. He has enough money to uh, sustain for the rest of his, you know, life on top of whatever endorsements may come once he's retires. I just feel like he just if if if, if basketball is done, then basketball is done. Um, I didn't get the part where he said he was trying to be the voice for the voices. I think it was I thought what I got from it was more so he wanted to have more research on, you know, the vaccine and instead of just jumping into it because that's something everybody else is doing or that's what they're making or encouraging everybody else to do. Well, I think that's part of his IG live where he said in this statement, being voice for the voiceless, the research part of it, we're going on two years now. If you have an, an all the money and resources that he has available to him because of his pocketbook hasn't got enough research to get, to get him to consider the vaccine, that's on him. That's more selfishness, okay? I'm, I'm not cutting slack of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm just not good on Brooklyn for taking a stand 
we got our players who are here. We're going to battle with players who are here. If but can Kyrie, they win? Can Brooklyn? No, I don't think they can. No, they can't. I can. was going to say, can they win a championship without Kyrie Irving? But see, you're hinting at Kyrie retiring and stuff. If he, I mean, that's truly a personal decision, and that really is selfish. He's not thinking of the team or his teammates, so that's on him. Questions about Terry, Agent Two Ninety Nine, KJ Martin starting a small forward for the Rockets. I, boy, I don't see it. I, I, I mean, it's not House, Jason Tate, Eric Gordon. I've said it before. Eric Gordon should be coming off the bench. Uh, Coach Silas still believes in Daniel House. House had a you know uh, a baby girl, I think, born on Monday, so that's where his mind was for a week or so. That focus and her delivery, her birth. So maybe he'll become a more focused on the court now that she's been born. So he'll be in that starting lineup there at the small four spot he, he needs to produce. That will help. Uh, what was the other question? Kyrie in the whole season, boy. Who, <clears throat> if he if he misses just out the whole season, that's on him again. And at some point, if he does, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it like this. If he wants to do that, go ahead and say it. What's stopping him from doing that right now? October 21st. I don't see where this is going to end. I'm not going to change my mind. Brooklyn's not going to change their mind, so I think I'm just going to sit out the year, and we'll just resume this next season. Yeah, I was going to say, what if he was to sit out the entire season? You think Brooklyn would bring him back next season? Nope. Yeah, they would probably <laughs> want him out of there. Yeah, and it, if they win without him... They really want him out of there. Exactly. Rockets, Rocket fans tuning in are trying to take over our folks talking sports, <laughs> but that's cool. We're going to close it out because I want y'all to come back on uh, Saturday for... Let's talk Rockets because we can really go ahead and talk about the Rockets. But Chris, I want to talk about this, though. That last comment yes. right there. Is that what you were going to get at? The if Rockets we get blown out by OKC. Yes, that's where I'm going with this. No yes. Come yeah, on now. Take it away, Chris. No, there, no, there's plenty of hope. Well, my hope is different than y'all's hope because I only had them winning 21 games this year. So I didn't have a lot of hope for this season. And I'm not a fan. So y'all are fans. You know, I'm media credential to cover the Rockets. They have shoot around tomorrow. Today's practice was canceled because they didn't arrive in town till late because of flight delays and fog and all those things. So they canceled practice. But OKC tomorrow, one young team against another young team, home game for the Rockets. I think Andy, you and I picked this when we did the schedule predictions as a win uh, for the Rockets. So, no, if they lose tomorrow, 0 2. It's not going to kill them. What? 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 That's no. That's not going to happen. Um, the season zero and two start. No, not going to be a big deal. As long as the Astros are, are dominating the sports scene in Houston, rocks are fine. <laughs> rocks will be fine. Just cruising along, winning, losing, whatever. But folks won't take yeah, notice. They won't be the worst team in the city for a while. You know, the Texans are the worst team in the city because the Texans don't even have a future. They're directionless. Ooh, you know. Texas fans would not want to hear you say that. Oh, no, the they agree with that. They, they, that's the truth. Most they, of them would agree. Yeah, they, they have they a direction. They would agree. They don't, they don't have a future? Come on. They, would be, they don't have yeah, a direction. What is the direction? Of, yeah, a lot of Texans fans, as long as, uh, honestly, They're a lot loyal. of them feel like as long as Cal. Not anymore. Not after what happened this past uh, offseason. Not only with, uh, you know, J.J. Watt leaving and all the, the roster turnover, but I mean, even Deshaun Watson before the – 
all the the civil lawsuits and all the allegations popped up. I mean, he wanted out before that. So that's true. A lot of a lot of Texan fans have not. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but there were reports that the Dolphins Texans are going to finally agree to a trade involving Deshaun Watson. Get that soon. done. You know, soon get get it out of here. Get that done before November second. You know, yeah. So just whatever about all that. But trading Deshaun Watson won't change the fact that the Texans still need lots of work. Exactly. And they exactly. still That's don't have a direction. They're, what are they going to do? What is what is their goal? What are they going to do? Let's talk. I was going there next, but you brought it up. What are the Texans going to do? Because they can't keep playing like this every season. Well, see, you're, you're now you're going to come along to my point of view. No one knows what they're going to do. No one knows what direction they're going. At least the Rockets have gone to a youth movement. They got young, talented players who we can see a future with. They're not going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be exciting, take their lumps, and get better. The Texans, aren't they still one of the oldest teams in the league in the NFL, and yet they still stink? Well, they're actually not that old. They, They didn't come to, like, what, 2009, 2010? No, he means uh, roster age. Oh, the okay, the okay, yeah, okay. roster age of the Texans. Yeah, I mean they got rid of Whitney Merciless, so maybe they're gonna. He he, they were paying him quite a bit, so maybe they got rid of him to you know make room to pay other other people. That's worse. Uh, it made yeah. him take a cap kit. Cap hit. They should have done it uh, during training camp or even before. So, um, and a lot of it when you when you talk about the Texans, there's a whole big, you know. Is it a Kyle McNair problem? Does he is he just not inept to be able to run an NFL franchise? And uh, the biggest question, obviously, of course, is with Jack Easter being why they kept him after they fired Bill O'Brien. They decided to keep him, and uh, some people say he's the reason they hired Nick Casario for to be the general manager. And really, that whenever they hired Nick Casario, that that started the entire Deshaun Watson spiral. So. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke over at NRG Stadium. You could probably see the flames from NRG Stadium if metaphorically speaking. But now, yeah, hey, this that, is this is a, a good hey, comment. Jalen Green made a good comment, but it's false. It's a good comment right there. Tyrod Taylor, at least they had good production at the quarterback spot when he was healthy. Yeah, um, but he's inconsistent. <clears throat> I've I've saw Oh, he's also injury prone. Injury. Right. Yeah. The yeah. last three teams that he's been with, he's been fired because of, you know, or let go. Well, they they use the word fired or terminated um on ESPN. But the last three jobs he's had, they've gotten rid of him for the same exact reason. So I honestly don't see the Texans bringing him back around unless he gets healthy and like really turns the season around. Because he's only on a one for, contract year, a one year contract. For, uh, I'm not entirely sure what his contract is, but when, when it comes to Tyrod Taylor, I mean, essentially he's a bridge gap quarterback, and that's what he was supposed to be until the whether they develop Davis Mills and he becomes a viable, decent quarterback. I mean, Davis Mills, based off what he's put together in the first five or four and a half games that he's played this season, doesn't look like he'll be uh, on a Deshaun Watson level or that top 15 quarterback level, but he's shown flashes. If you can see him develop, well, I don't know where the Texans will go from there, but honestly, this season has always been kind of a, a bridge cap year to see what kind of draft draft capital they can have because they're finally going to have their first two uh, first two round draft picks after the way Bill O'Brien, the general manager, got rid of their draft picks. So I mean, even exactly. <clears throat> These last two comments with the, with the Rocket fans, Daniel's dad and A, was it ads, AA? Um, 
Jalen Green, we're going to dive into this on Saturday. Talking Rockets, 7 p.m., hopefully start time on the YouTube channel. Uh, some folks, I mean, we are, talked about it on previous shows here. I got some colleagues, you're kicking this around, or waiting for practice availability earlier this week, I think it was on Monday, about the Rockets should have drafted Jalen Suggs and kept Kevin Porter Jr. at the two guard and had Suggs at the point guard. It's done now, it doesn't matter what we think, what's done is done. Jalen Green and KPJ, some folks believe, are redundant. You know, KPJ is not a true point guard, but the Rockets believe he can be a combo guard with good passing skills. And Andy, to go back to a point you brought up about Shingun minutes ago, a while ago, we brought this up on the show. Shingun might be more of a natural passer than KPJ, but from a different position, especially the high post, you know, as a, a passing forward. So the Rockets have some things to work out, you know, kinks to iron out, all those things. But this is the great point, and we're going to leave it with this. Oh, wrong, wrong one, my fault. Um, most of the folks are going to be watching Astros Friday evening against the Red Sox, see if they close out the series and, and advance to the World Series Friday. Only diehard folks are going to be watching the Rockets in, in OKC. So if you are diehard Rocket fans, I appreciate you. See you come tune in to the Houston Round Bar Views. Let's Talk Rockets Saturday, 7 p.m., and we can do that and talk about more, more of this. Uh, Jason Nix is a backup point. I think Josh Christopher, inevitable, is going to be getting more minutes at the point. You're going to see Mr. Augustine get less and less minutes. As long as you see the veterans playing right now early, that means less minutes for the youngsters. I'm against that philosophy. I just give the youngsters time now for the rest of the season. But, of course, they need to earn it in practice. I think they'll get to that point. That's going to happen. Just like I think Shingun is going to start eventually. That's going to happen. But all that talk, tune in Saturday. We're going to close it out on Folks Talking Sports here. Andy, as always, how can folks find you on the social media platforms? For sure. On Twitter, it's as you see it scrolling down, it's at Ayana's underscore five. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the our at Potslamajama podcast on Twitter. It's at P-A-W-D-S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A, Potslamajama. And, you know, I mean, like um, you mentioned earlier, we're getting really close to the start of the college basketball season. Uh, it's like 15 days until they have, until the men's have their exhibition game against, um, is it Montana Tech? Montana Tech, Coach Kelvin Sampson's first head coaching job. Yes. But before I come to you, and New Zealand, got somebody from New Zealand watching. Outstanding, man. I'm telling you, YouTube is global. Houston Round Bar View got folks from Morocco, Philippines, New Zealand, England. This is great. Technology is great. U of H men's basketball has a scrimmage, closed-door scrimmage, this Sunday the 24th versus the Longhorns in San Antonio. I'm hoping to get some info. Should I call it Intel? About how that goes. And we'll have that to share on our next edition of Folks Talking Sports. But yes, okay, now Tamer to you. How can folks find you 
and get in touch with you on your social media platforms. All right. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at T night sports. Also, if you are a Rockets or Astros fan, I saw a couple of those in the comments. You can tune in to AT&T Sportsnet Southwest to catch me on the TSU Sports Show. Um, there's not really a given date. Uh, new episodes bi-weekly. So if you do watch the Rockets or the Astros, you've probably seen it. But new episode coming next week. Make sure you guys tune in. And thank you for having me, Mr. Roundball Review. Of course, Minty. Glad you were able to join us. And um, making a comment here to Ethan to get stuff off his chest. Hmm. <laughs> Eleven-year Rocket fan. God bless you. So, but yes, and closing it out. I'm KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar of You. Thank you, as always, Andy, for your time on Folk Talk of Sports. Thanks again to. Taylor Mason for joining us for her first appearance, first of many. Matthew Bartlett from The Roost discussing Rice Athletics and their new invitation to join the American Athletic Conference. And my mentee, Tamer Knight, for joining us as well on Folks Talk of Sports. Uh, my website, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram. At some point, I may get on TikTok, so Tamer may have to help me with that stuff. Uh, you know, that's, that's who, boy. I'm going to need some arm twisting on that one to get there. But anyway, on that, for the Rocket fans and the folks who tuned in for Folks Talk of Sports, we discussed some Astros. Tamara, you missed it. Andy talked Astros in a segment earlier on in the show, earlier part of the show. Yes, Astros was talked about here. So we've talked Astros, Texans, Rice Owls, Uvates, and Rockets on Folks Talk of Sports. Andy, I, I, who are you picking for game seven? Game, game seven. Game, whoa, whoa, whoa. Game seven. What are you wait, talking game, about? Wait, it's game, game six is tomorrow, Tamer. I'm assuming the Astros wins game six. And then I'm, who, who are you picking for game six? Sorry. Game yeah, Andy, six. do you, do you want to do, do it, Astros? You want to do it, Andy? Do you want to do it? Do you want to guarantee I probably, it? I probably shouldn't guarantee it in case if I jinx it. Um, Luis Garcia is on the mound for the Astros. Uh, I, I believe. I, let me see if I can find a pitching matchup for. I don't. I'm not. I think it's Nathan Evaldi for Boston, which would be a rematch of Game Two. Um, I think you're right on that. I think you're right. Yeah, Game Two they got beat up. I saw a tweet was like, <laughs> I wish the Astros had a plug in to re- replug, like a plug. I could unplug them and plug it back in. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Okay, what do you say, Andy? Because I'm waiting. I'm, my finger's ready on the button. I'm waiting for you if you're ready to guarantee it. Yeah, well, for, I'm trying to figure out who's the starter for the Red Sox. Andy, if you're beginning. rooting for the Astros, just say Astros. Well, he's, try, he's trying to get some insight, some intelligence into his pick. Some logistics. All right. So. You can't base it off of game two. They, they've redeemed themselves since then. Come on, Andy. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Nathan Avaldi embraces challenge of starting do or die LCS game six. So they're, they're going with Nathan Avaldi, who, I mean, Adam Scorer might have made a mistake because he put him in on relief in game four when it was a tied game to try to keep it that way. And the Red Sox would have had a chance to, to walk it off on the bottom of the ninth. And the Astros got him. And that was part of that seven run inning. Um, 
he, I think he threw just over 20 pitches in that game four. So he's gonna have he's gonna have somewhere in tear. Did really good in game two, and then like I said, Luis Garcia for the Astros will be starting, who really got shaken up in that game too. Like Tamer said, come <laughs> on, come on, you're giving some great insight here. But come on, what are you gonna say? You gonna do it? You gonna do it? Garcia said he was facing a knee injury, and that's the reason he struggled at home. Come on! I didn't even you... mention. I didn't mention Framper Valdez. I'm trying to talk myself into into going with the way Framper Framper Valdez <laughs> Come on, man. game five, and he turned it around. <laughs> I think Luis Garcia can do a similar performance. Obviously, you got to watch. That knee. I feel like the Astros offense will be good, and and like I said, since they've already seen Nathan of all the third time this series, I say <laughs> guarantee it. Astros there it is. Guarantee. Astros in six. All right. Close it out. No game like seven. Facts, so good enough there. So thank y'all very much for tuning in, Ethan. Thank you for joining the the Houston Round Bar View channel. If you hey, haven't you become a subscriber. What do you mean I tested for drugs? Get out of here. You were ready to go well, in game seven. Yeah, you're going, yeah, you're going to game seven. <laughs> you just skipped over game six. So, yeah. So, Ethan, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so. But come back Saturday for Let's Talk Rockets because we get into some serious stuff there, man. So, we get deep into it, a rocket talk. So, Pete, thank you very much. Y'all be safe. Andy, as always, appreciate it, man. Tamara, you take care. Folks tuning in on the channel. Thank you for your comments. See you on Saturday. Talking Rockets. Y'all be safe. Take care. Bye. Peace.